to another episode in Linklater's ESG Soundbite series. My name is Rachel Barrett and I'm a partner in the ESG team. Joining me for this podcast is Ia Zagehon, who is a managing associate in the ESG team. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the importance of transparency and the role of reporting in, uh, in relation to environmental matters in a project financing context. So Iaz, why is it so important to both sides, both sponsors and financiers in a project financing context to be transparent when it comes to environmental and social issues? Thanks, Rachel. This is important for a number of reasons. As many of us have seen over the past few years, there has been an increased global focus on environmental and social matters, both separately and under the umbrella of ESG. With this increased focus comes a greater understanding of these issues. And we're finding that lenders and project sponsors and borrowers are more aware of the variety of environmental and social issues that may be relevant to different projects. More attention is also being given to risk and impact assessments and not just how these assessments are conducted or the findings that come out of these assessments, but also the actions and measures that the project can take to manage the risks and impacts. Generally, it's important to understand risks and impacts on an ongoing basis as well, so that lenders and sponsors and, bo and borrowers can recognise changes in risk profile in the project and then also identify potential actions or measures for ongoing management. So transparency with respect to environmental and social issues is clearly important for lenders and sponsors because it essentially helps both parties to understand the full extent of ENS risks and impacts and manage them accordingly. It's also a really important tool for building trust over the life cycle of the project and in relation to ENS matters. In addition to the increased focus on ESG, there are a couple of other drivers that are worth mentioning. Firstly, there are soft law standards, such as the equator principles, which strongly encourage transparency with respect to the environmental and social borrower and lender relationship, and to some degree outside of that relationship as well. Then also stakeholder pressure on lenders from NGOs and other parties um, and other entities that lenders um, deal with in their day to day can also play a part in the push for greater transparency on environmental and social issues. So let's talk about when information is disclosed. Clearly environmental and social information will be provided to lenders by the project borrower or sponsors as part of due diligence and before the loan is signed. But Rachel, what does disclosure or transparency look like after a loan is signed? Thanks, Iaz. So that's it's a really interesting question because I think people often think they've done their due diligence. That process can be really very extensive. Um, but the question is then what next? Because obviously the journey doesn't stop there, particularly in a project financing context um, where uh, loan terms can be really quite long. So there's a couple of things that people should be aware of. Uh, first is obviously that transparency doesn't stop at signing. Um, it continues well into the future. Um, 
borrowers are expected normally to engage in regular reporting. Um, the frequency can vary. It might be quarterly, half yearly, annually. It very much depends on the stage of the project and the type of the project um, and what's agreed between the parties. Um, but typically there will be some kind of report uh, either wrapped up with another report on construction or operations or on a standalone basis for larger projects, which outlines uh, environmental and social developments, uh, non-compliances, remedy plans, and anything else relevant um, in the form uh, of a document that lenders and the lenders um, consultant can review. Actually, under the uh, revised equator principles, equator principles four, that is a requirement for some projects to do at least annually, uh, depending on the, the nature of the project and the risks involved. Now, obviously, if something's going wrong, lenders typically don't want to wait to hear about it. They want to know sooner. So you will also usually see um, a list of agreed notification requirements in loan agreements. Um, and typically when a borrower becomes aware of certain things, usually breaches, um, incidents and various other similar things like that, um, they will be expected to notify um, lenders uh, as soon as possible and typically within a couple of days, uh, particularly for things like incidents that can be quite material. Um, now, the list of what needs to be notified will depend. Um, it depends on the transaction, its location and the parties involved. And obviously it needs to be feasible, it needs to be practical. Um, but it is very important because what lenders really don't like is finding out uh, bad news from other sources, uh, reading it in the newspaper or getting a phone call from, from an NGO. So it's really, really important um, to keep that information flow going um, and keep talking to each other and notify of events um, over the life of the loan. The other area where you see lots of engagement um, as time goes on is on remedies. So where there has been a non-compliance or, or perhaps a deadline's been missed or something's just gone a little bit wrong, things do happen, um, there will often be a requirement to uh, prepare a remedial action plan. That's usually a, a good thing because it, it stops the project going into full default under the loan, gives everybody a chance to actually fix the problem, which is what everybody wants. Um, but that's where you will see uh, lenders needing more information about what's actually happened. Um, and there will be, uh, to a lesser or greater extent, depending on the issue, engagement between the borrower and the lenders on the form of, of remedial action and the timeline for that action. So typically you will see regular engagement actually on these issues over the life of a loan. And usually the engagement and information flow between parties on environmental and social matters in a project financing context is quite private. Do you feel like this is changing? That is definitely shifting. I think in the past, that's right, that finance arrangements have been much more of a private affair. But this is an area where there has always been some disclosure. And I think we're going to see increasing amounts of disclosure. That's certainly a general theme on all things ESG. Certainly at the moment, um, Equator Principles uh, lenders and other lenders who are signed up to various soft law standards will typically publish some information about the projects they finance, but it does tend to be quite high level. The project itself um, will typically publish uh, a copy of its uh, environmental and social impact assessment um, and ensuring that's public is, is something that lenders will do if they're bound by the Equator Principles. Um, if you have export credit agencies involved in your financing, particularly those from the OECD, 
um, they will themselves have to publish the environmental and social impact assessment at least 30 days before they go to their boards to make a decision about entering into the financing. So you will see public disclosure both at a, a, a financial institution level or an ECA level and also at a project level uh, with regard to the identification of project risks and impacts. There's often ongoing uh, public reporting requirements in relation to greenhouse gas emissions, which are obviously very much of interest to people these days. And what we're seeing are more and more requests from lenders and export credit agencies for more information uh, on climate related impacts to be put in the public domain in line with more general trends. They're also interested in knowing what information they can disclose themselves about the project and its management response to these risks if they're ever asked, because obviously they will have their own stakeholders who will be very interested in understanding what they financed and how they have satisfied themselves uh, about the sustainability of, of those projects. So it means there's already quite a bit of publication of, of information in the public domain. Um, but there's likely to be more in coming years um, and it means projects need to prepare for that. So I think when you're developing a project and making sure you're on top of your documentation, you understand that there are some documents that may well be made public, even if it's not typical to make them public today. Um, that you prepare them in the way that could be accessible. So, for example, with environmental and social impact assessments, we often see people preparing non-technical summaries, which is really useful if it's going into the public domain. Um, people can't, can't cope with a very long document. It's much easier to have a non-technical summary they can read. The same would go for any other type of technical document. So very much plain English, non-technical and, and easy to understand. And I think for projects, it can be a real advantage. It, it means that you're able to put a credible narrative out there about what you're doing, all the hard work you've done to identify and manage environmental and social risks and the management response that you are taking in relation to them. So it's one to watch, definitely. So now it's probably a good time to pause and think about what the key takeaways are on this topic when it comes to transparency, disclosure, reporting and notifications. Iaz, what do you think? So one of the key takeaways for me is that transparency within the lender-borrower relationship is very much still expected. It has a very important role to play in the project financing relationship. And so early investment in this will result in a constructive and open relationship that helps to flush out issues and helps to ensure that both parties are on the same page. That's right. And I think from my perspective, it's recognising that some information will be publicly disclosed. That's been the case for some time, but it's very likely we're going to see a push for even greater transparency, both from financiers and also from projects. So just being aware of that uh, when you're planning ahead is probably a very good in investment of time and energy at the outset of a project. Great. Well, thank you, Rachel, for joining me and thank you for listening. We hope you found it informative. If you would like further information, you can visit the link later's website where we have lots of resources on ESG and you can listen to further podcasts in the series. As always, if you would like to chat to the team, please get in touch.